Shabbos, When you come to Parshas Vayeshev, you have to ask yourself, everyone has to ask themselves, what is going on? There's a crazy story about Yosef's brothers selling him, there was a huge din, where the brothers sat down as a bezdin. Yehuda decided, sell Yosef. Not gonna kill him, we're not gonna let him go. That was the Pshara, that was the, that's how they came out of Din. A Din that comes out from Pshara, that's the goal. But Hashem, they sell Yosef. Why did Hashem make this whole thing happen? To send Yosef down, to put him through all this turmoil, what did Yosef do to deserve it? So, you know, Ramchal writes in Derek Hashem that there's a number of reasons why it starts help. It can happen to a person. The, the general Klal is that there's always a deeper meaning, there's an underlying, there's an undercurrent, something that's happening behind the scenes. The Al Sheikh Hakadosh tells us in this week's parsha that Yosef was sent down to Mitzrayim to prepare Klai Yisrael for the Sheba that they were going to spend there. Mitzrayim is Erevasar. It was the lowest of the low. Parish and Para they shedded all senses of morality. How is Klai Yisrael supposed to survive that? So the Al Sheikh Yosef didn't go straight to Mitzrayim. First he went to the home of Petifar and he had the Nisan innovations Petifar and he went from Michael to the Madrega that he was able to coin the Kedusha of, of Yosef HaTzadik Yosef HaTzadik and he brought that 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 power with him that power of Kedusha to Mitzrayim and he, and he planted it all over and now when, when Klai Yisrael came they were safe they had that that Haschola they were prepared everything goes after the way you, you prepare something the way it's prepared that's how it is going to manifest in the future. The first base of Amikdash was prepared by David Malach, who knew that he wasn't able to actually build it, but he prepared it. That base of Amikdash lasted. Lasted As long as it did. The second base of Amikdash, not as long. Why not? Because Kaiso didn't show up. About a tenth of Kaiso showed up when they were actually allowed, by the, by, by, after the Purim story, when they were actually allowed to build the base of Amikdash. They set the foundation before Purim, after Purim, they actually built it. Uh, there wasn't a big, it wasn't a big turnout. They weren't prepared. This Gaiish king, or maybe it was Esther's son, maybe he was a yid. He didn't know he was a yid. Said they could build it. A couple people showed up. Ezra, let's build it. But it was, there was no hachonos, which will push to be able to create this to start, start off our day and our lives and our goals with an umfa the geshmak to be able to complete them the way we want them to be. The ultimate Mahajim and Mahajim is a mice of a yid who never went through the Holocaust. And we know we can't judge anyone who goes through anything like like that or anyone who goes through any tsar. And he came out and he blocked out the blocked out of his mind the entire events. It's like it never happened. And Yiddish guy was nothing to him. He, he could he couldn't handle it. He moved to America. He married a Jewish woman. Moved to some Hicksville where there wasn't a yid in sight. No one asked any questions. And he had a son. This boy turned 13, father had something in his brain, his little bug that said, he's a bar mitzvah bachar, bar mitzvah bachar has to get a bar mitzvah gift. Anti-religious, but he needs something for his bar mitzvah. I'm fine. He said, kid, we're going to town, I'm going to get you a gift. He had plenty of money at this point, he had a well-going well business. Pick anything you want for your bar mitzvah present. 13 years old, your birthday gift is on the house. He went to town, a couple miles away. They're walking through the main street, the shopping district, and they're going through aisles and aisles of merchandise. And every toy, every gadget, every shenanigan you can imagine. It's, nothing was clicking with this kid. It wasn't, nothing resonated. It's like, this is not what I want my ultimate gift to be. So what does he do? Next door, next door, next door. As they're walking, they pass by a Judaica store. Wow! father said, no, 
No, no, no, we don't do that. Everything in there is a relic, it has nothing to do with you kids that I want to see. Father's just getting to the story. And his kid looking around, it's an interesting, it wasn't just a farm store, they had antiques also. And in the corner there was one decrepit, crachy old menorah. Looked like it was made by a two-year-old in Ghana. And, they look, and, and this kid said, what's the story with this menorah? And his father said, kid, what are you doing? So this is not us. And the store owner says, well, actually, uh, it's just, this menorah was handcrafted by an inmate in Auschwitz. And uh, it seems that he didn't make it. But this, we found this menorah buried in Auschwitz after the war. Wow. Kid said, Dad, Dad, I want it. He says, this is what you want, really? I'll buy you a motorcycle. I'll buy you, I'll buy you, I'll buy you a Corvette. Like, just what you, what you, want, you want? This is what you want? This is what I want. What could he do? This is what his kids want. This will make him happy. He's hoping it'll just be some sort of a phase. He worked out a price with the store owner, big price, and they brought the menorah home. They thought it would fade. He put it up on a shelf. That year, the kids saw on his calendar that it was Hanukkah, and he pulled down the menorah and he said, "Mom, Dad, I want to light it." He said, "Crazy, what are you doing out of your mind? It's not. This is not what we do." He said, "I want to light it." father is helping him set up the menorah. As they're setting it up on the windowsill, one of the branches fell off, just popped off. Father picked it up and inside there was a note folded and jabbed into the stem of one of the, can the candlesticks. Father, father takes it out and reads it. It's written in Yiddish. The kid says, Dad, what does it say? He said, I'll tell you. Interesting. He says, I'm in this concentration camp. I don't know if I'm going to survive. No one knows. No one knows if they're going to be alive tomorrow. But I've been picking up scraps all year long just to be able to create this menorah for Hanukkah. I might not make it to Hanukkah. Whoever finds it, I want you to light it, and it should be a schuss for me. Signed, and the father faints. They revive him, they pick him up, they give him a drink. They say, Dad, what's going on? They look at the paper. It's his signature. He totally blacked out all memory of it, and his time in Auschwitz was blank. It was black. But he was a religious yid in Auschwitz, and he was moistened nefesh to be able to put together, assemble this menorah in a concentration camp. And his own son, years later, was lighting that menorah. Yoch Hashem's son that came from. It's really about what you start. It's really about the ascholo. It's about what you invest. And yet, he lost it later on, but he put it in something stark, and it, and it lasted. And if it wasn't in, with him, it was with the future generations. And if Denise wasn't for Yosef, the whole, the whole ordeal was not for Yosef himself. It was to set up, says the Alshtach, for future generations. And we should all be served to the Kedusha of Yosef. And Bezer Hashem, the building of the third base of Mikdash, Bemir Yomenu. Amen. Oh, we're going to be
Pero que mate 